Welcome to the Work Research Revolution. I'm your host, Cara DeLunger. In this podcast, I speak to doctors, scientists, professors, and business leaders who are at the leading edge of this work research revolution and radically changing the way we work. We will be harnessing their collective insight so that we can create the catalyst that drives much needed change in the future of work around the world. Work Reset Revolution is brought to you by Softer Success. Visit www.softersuccess.com to learn how you can revolutionize your well-being plan and help eradicate burnout in your organization. So let's get to today's episode. Welcome to the Work Reset Revolution. And today I have with us Tristan Forster, who is the CEO and co-founder at Climate Partner. Welcome, Tristan. Thank you very much, Cara. I'm very happy to be here. Delighted to have you. So I'd like to ask you, in your view, what are the biggest crises affecting modern workplaces? Well, I think, Cara, the biggest crisis coming up or will be coming up is starting already at the moment is kind of a curse and a blessing at the same time, and that's digitization. Moving into the digital world allows us to do a lot of things differently than we're used to. It's actually driving us potentially to do what I even feel a lot more work (laughs) than we did before, being potentially even more stressed because you're jumping in and out of Zoom meetings. You're not taking breaks. You're not watching your health sitting all day in front of a screen. So I think that's, there's a health issue around that. But what's more, if you look at the big picture, moving towards, they say, data that can be processed in the sense of being processed so perfectly and well that at one point in time, you can actually replace the human brain for a lot of things that are actually done manually by people until now. So the effect of singularity coming into effect in, let's say, we don't know, maybe it's 10 years, maybe it's 15 years, maybe it's 20 years, but it's coming. And there's a huge threat in that, I believe, to the way we see work today. Because the way we see work today is a very, very capitalist way of looking at things, is I do work either manually or with my brain, blue-collar, white-collar work. And for that, I get compensated, and that's how I earn my living and that's how I can pay for things I need to pay for to live my life. So what happens if singularity comes in and all of a sudden, let's be bold about it, 50% of the typical workforce uh, of people is replaced by a machine, which can be a very positive thing, but all of a sudden 50% of people are literally out of work. And so by our system, out of pay, and what's more is out of things like recognition and being needed actually in that sense. And I think there's a huge topic around the workspace of how can we actually tackle this? How do we value work? Do we actually need to pay for work in the future? And what does work actually mean? So what is the contribution that we as a person can contribute to what in the end? So that's a huge thing to kind of get our heads around because I don't think anybody's solved this yet. And how can we move forward and say, what is my contribution as a human being, as a person to be valued as a human being and be valued as my contribution to whatever it is, a group of people that I want to be together with or society or all that. So I think that's a huge topic. Secondly, Mm -hmm. I think it is connected to a contradiction that we might have today. So I might ask you, do you actually enjoy your work? Do you enjoy what you're doing? I'm sure you do because you're, you're (laughs) doing it otherwise. I love what I'm doing. Can we say that for all the other people and human beings out there? Do they really love what they're doing at work? Or are they just going to work so that they get paid so that they can then do what they love doing? Yeah. Um, 
if there's a solution, well, my wife always says, well, you better just whatever you love doing, do that and then turn that into your work. And then you also don't have this big question about many people always are talking about work-life balance. You don't need a work-life balance if your work that you do is your life and you love what you're doing. And it's intertwined, isn't it? You know, that's why I actually like to call it just balance, (laughs) you know, balance in our life, right? It always seems to be an opposite thing uh, that you Mm. have to do. But if you intertwine and if you do something that you love, then it doesn't feel like work. Work is typically felt as something bad or often felt as something bad. That's why you get compensated for it. Even the word is, is in there. And if you do something you love, then the rest comes by itself. And I think... Moving forward, if you're looking at the topic of singularity and you no longer have to work for money or the work that you do won't get you any money, then you start to think about what is it actually I love doing and then you start to do potentially what you love doing and then it doesn't feel like work anymore. Big, big question is though, what do we do with compensation? How do we do with the fact that we do need to pay our bills or pay our apartments, pay for food? And that's a completely different subject, of course, but around that, but how do I... Do I have to think about things like minimum income for everybody? Will we have to have a minimum mm-hmm. income? Will we, will we be able to be compensated for what we love doing because it doesn't contribute to what we call work today? It's absolutely fascinating. And it's just so true. And it's all about this is a fantastic time to be questioning all of this. And reason why, you know, we are in a revolutionary period of adjusting and you know, asking ourselves how we can make the change. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about Climate Partner and how this is revolutionary. So that kind of intertwines in with that as well, because Climate Partner, what I always like to start with why first and why are we doing Climate Partner? We believe that we're improving lives and we improve lives because we support carbon offset projects in developing countries for people actually improving the lives of the poorest people in this world because we're supporting carbon offset projects. And we're called Climate Partner because we partner with companies so that they can actually take climate action. And our vision around this is to have a carbon neutral product in in every shopping cart, is what we call it, to be very short and visionary on it. The thing being enabling consumers to have a choice when they consume, well, consume less if you want to contribute to the climate, consume more consciously if you want to contribute to the climate and consume a carbon neutral product if you want to contribute to the climate. Because the definition of a carbon neutral product is you know what the carbon footprint is that it has produced. You are doing the best to reduce this carbon footprint and emissions that you cannot reduce, you then offset with so-called carbon offset projects that I've talked about. Those are projects like forestation projects, forest protection projects, getting clean drinking water to communities that would otherwise have to boil their dirty water that they have around them. And that's actually saving carbon emissions. And you bring your carbon footprint of the product together with saving carbon emissions that you cannot avoid, and then you have a carbon neutral product. And as consumers, if you choose a carbon neutral product, you're supporting companies that are taking climate action because climate action is all about measuring correctly, reducing your carbon footprint and offsetting the residual emissions. So this is our vision, the carbon neutral product and yeah. shopping cart. And since we're supporting these climate carbon offset projects, it's why we're improving lives. And you asked about the biggest crises in the work environment. I didn't mention the climate crisis because <laughs> I knew that I was going to talk about this in the second question. <laughs> well, yes, of course, the climate crisis is, is, in my opinion, the largest crisis that is coming up for all of us, for the globe, especially for us human beings and life on earth as it exists today. I mean, if we don't take care of the 
climate. Actually, the world won't mind because in two million years from now, that's look completely different. It's still going to be there. It's just going to be there without us and without a lot of other living beings and without the, without the biodiversity we have today. But that crisis is clearly affecting also the way we live together today. It also affects the workplace. If we don't take care of the climate crisis, we'll have a lot of migration, a lot of people coming to the northern hemisphere because the southern hemisphere is not livable anymore. And that's a huge problem we would have to solve with so many people on so little space also in the workspace. So that's our contribution, enabling lots of businesses out there to do the right thing, to take their steps in climate action. And that's where we love to support them. That's just fantastic. And I love the way that it works in a circle in terms of helping. So talking about one of the biggest crises, as you said, the the climate crisis, just being COP26, what do you think would help further in tackling these crises? Well, the one thing is what I often see is kind of not connected is when you're talking about the COP conferences, you're typically talking about setting targets and reaching climate action targets for whole countries. It's the politicians who are talking there. You'll have a lot of influential entrepreneurs and business people there as well and organizations there as well. But typically, they're negotiating targets for countries which is the good on the one hand side and is necessary also to commit to very clear targets and being able to actually reach these targets by a very short amount of time that we have left to reach these targets. What I believe, what I advocate, advocate is that's why actually Climate Partner came into existence 15 years ago, is uh, we want to enable the private sector to take action. Because in the end, if businesses take action, then they have a responsibility as well because they're the ones that have the highest carbon footprints are all triggered by businesses. And if you're looking at the food industry, the travel industry, any kind of industry, it's triggered by businesses. And taking responsibility as a business is the right thing to do. But how to take it in the right way, the, the answers were not always there. And dependent of 26, it had to take a place where everybody's hopefully committing to getting where we need to go, is every business can take their own decisions on that on a voluntary basis. And the good thing is, uh, it's positively recognized by their customers and their consumers. And that's finally something that's changing, something that we don't have so much as I see here in the U.S., but that I notice, especially in Europe, when in 2018, a 16-year-old girl hit the streets and got a movement of Fridays for Future going, getting children to take to the streets by the tens and hundreds of thousands. And what happened is not only the children woke up, but it's the parents that woke up. And the parents, guess what? They're working somewhere. And some of these parents are very influential. And they're saying, oh, wow, my children are so worried about this. And and I'm really taking them seriously uh, all of a sudden uh, about this. I have to take this seriously as well as a business decision maker, because those are my customers. Those are my future customers. They will be voting by feet. They will be voting to work at places that take climate change seriously and consume products from businesses that are more sustainable and take the climate crisis seriously. So there's the circle again you talked about. It's children and convincing their parents to be more sustainable for the children. And that's fantastic, isn't it? And, you know, when we look at the climate anxiety, it is a real thing, you know, in a lot of the work that we do, we do hear people talk about that and say, you know, I am so concerned. So that's where this passion comes from in terms of, yeah, we can actually make real change and we need to make those steps now. 
So do you have any other ideas on how a work reset revolution would look like or what does that look like to you? I think what we're noticing already is if you look at the different generations working together at a workplace for a work reset. And I think that's where it's funny. I always thought that I belong to the young generation. It's not the case anymore. I'm way beyond that. But working together with a lot of people of all different very diverse community at Planet Partner. Um, and also, if you look at the companies we work with, it gets even more diverse. And, and talking with uh, people that are older than I am, uh, working with them, and talk, and then working with people who are half the age that I am at the moment. And they have very different views of, and expectations of how work, their work environment should actually be like. And the young generation are bringing in topics that never really concerned any of the older generation. And I think... And that's what's powerful. And I think maybe that's the one biggest influential factor of the workplace revolution is, in simple one word, is diversity. Keeping up this diversity of all different opinions across all different topics that diversity encompasses is what drives value in a business and drives value working together. And it's, I'm very confident we could solve this problem of what we talked about before about singularity. Also, climate change, we can solve it, but with a diverse community working together on it, uh, because we don't know the solutions today, but we will know them tomorrow. Mm. And I think diversity is one of those things, those catalysts that will enable that to work. Oh, thank you so much, Tristan. So diversity, singularity and climate helping with the carbon offset. These are such important things and well on the way towards solving them. So thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed talking to you and I know our listeners will really enjoy listening to this. So thank you. Thank you very much, Cara. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Work Reset Revolution. I'd like to know what has been your biggest takeaway from this conversation. As a next step, share this episode with anyone that you think may benefit. Follow us on LinkedIn at Softer Success for more inspiration to change the way we work and contact us at info at softersuccess.com to find out more about our burnout assessment tool. If you have any feedback on how to improve, please do reach out to me as I'm always keen to learn more. Thank you so much for listening and we'll meet again on the next episode of Work Reset Revolution. Music